actually grew up here in Hickson, and I remember I went to church um, on a Sunday much like this. They were talking about missions, and I remember a lot of the adults saying, missions is great, I just never want to go to Africa. I never want to go to Africa. I'm like, yeah, it doesn't seem like a great place to go, so I agree, I don't want to go to Africa. Oh, by the way, my name is Stephen Edging, and I'm a missionary to Africa. I serve with MTW, and my wife and my family are in the back, and we've been in Uganda for three years. We just had our fourth child, and it's good to be with you this morning. Um, I want to greet you in Luganda. So, uh, on Sundays in Uganda, it's not uncommon to hear this. Yesu yebizibwe. You don't know Luganda, I see that. Okay. You say, uh, Amina, Amina. Yesu yebizibwe. Amina. Aha. Very good. That just means amen. Yes, so be it. Um, and Yesu yebizibwe is praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. Um, and how many of you serve God in missions here? How many of you have or do serve God in missions? You can raise your hand. Uh, amazing, amazing amounts of people. Awesome. Praise God for you all. Well, our text this morning, uh, it talks about the beauty and wonder of missions and our role that we are to play in missions. If you would, read with me 3 John 5 through 8. 3 John 5 through 8. This is the Word of God. Beloved, it is a faithful thing you do in all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are, who testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. Therefore we ought to support people like these, that we may be fellow workers for the truth. Pray with me. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, that you speak to us in it. And for this morning when we can celebrate your mission in the world, I pray, Lord, that we would walk out of here knowing you better and knowing your heart for this world better. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus, whom you sent. Amen. Now, like a good Tennessee boy, I went to the University of Tennessee. And uh, great, great time. I love it. Go Vols. But um, my third year there, I was in an on-campus apartment with four friends, Chip, Nathan, Andy, and myself. Now, Nathan one day decided he wanted Andy to see this missions video. Now, we were all believers in our uh, apartment, and we all loved the Lord, but Nathan wanted to show this video to Andy, and Andy didn't want to see this video. So Nathan decides, now Nathan's about this tall, Andy's about this tall, but Andy is a fighter. 
Nathan wrestles Andy for probably five minutes trying to get him to be still so he can watch the TV. And finally, he succumbs and watches the video. And I'm in the room getting to enjoy the the pre-video festivities. And uh, so we watch the video, and the video is called Etow. And I've actually seen it several times since because it's very powerful. It's about this retirement-age couple who, sensing they want to join God's mission, go out to, I believe, the South Pacific, to a rural village, and they, over time, proclaim the gospel, starting in Genesis, telling Bible stories one by one. And the amazing thing is, when they got to Jesus, the people are, the whole village gathered around every day for this, and at night they would take recordings and play it back on this tape recorder that you had to hand crank. So they were very interested in what's going on. And they get to Jesus and the crucifixion. They're actually, um, they're having actors act it out. And they, they get to the part where he's on the cross and they realize, and he rose again from the grave and the people realize that they could have this forgiveness that Jesus offered. The whole village erupted in praise, just over and it lasted for hours the celebration knowing God's forgiveness and what an amazing story of people going out to proclaim the gospel because they want to participate with God in mission but this couple knew God was on a mission and they wanted to join us and our text tells us that God is on a mission you see the missionaries in our text go out For why? The sake of the name. They're not going out for themselves. They're not going out because they think it's a great idea. They're going out because Jesus has commanded it and to proclaim His name. John himself, the Apostle John, is the author of this letter. And what's interesting about this letter is it's a look at missions in the local church, in the early church. Because John writes this letter to his brother in Christ, Gaius, who says, John says, hey, hey buddy, good job taking care of this missionary who we sent out and you gave him hospitality while he was proclaiming the gospel. He came back to us and told us, gave a report of how well you took care of him. Thank you for doing that. This is something we should be doing. Keep doing it. But the reason they go out is for the sake of the name. This is something Christ himself John heard him John himself heard Christ tell the apostles to go make disciples baptizing and teaching and that's the essence of missions is to make disciples if we were to boil it down make disciples and that includes going baptizing and teaching so missions is a central task of the church. It is expected and necessary. John says, it is a faithful thing you do. And he's saying, look, this this thing you've done, you've not only done once, you're faithful in it. You're continually doing it. And it's something we should be doing. And so, urging Gaius to continue doing this, John makes it plain. Missions is expected and necessary. 
as a ministry of the local church. And the gospel that they proclaim is the means to change lives in the world. The gospel is the means to change lives in the world. And missions is the means by which we get that message out. The missions is the, is the means we use to get the gospel message out to people who haven't heard it. This is God's ordained plan. And the, what He wants to use for the local church. And the gospel is, as we all know, that glorious message of Christ that He came on His own mission trip to save the world from sin, as 1 Timothy 1.15 says, to save sinners. Missions is the wonderful calling of the church to get that gospel message out. But we like... Um, Diotrephes, who is mentioned in the next paragraph of 3 John, we, like him, can get distracted. See, he was trying to discourage people from welcoming missionaries into their homes, from welcoming brothers in Christ who were proclaiming the gospel into their homes and taking care of them. We can get distracted, maybe not like him, but through just life or our own Motives or priorities or any number of things. But our text makes it plain that God is on a mission and that we should join Him. Now how should we join Him in mission? Well, our text makes it plain that we should go. We should go. Look at verse 7. For they have gone out for the sake of the name, accepting nothing for the Gentiles. They have <clears throat> gone out. They have left their homes. They have left their churches. And they have gone to an area they aren't as familiar with. They left the familiar behind. And apparently it is the practice of the early church to send missionaries out to where people did not know Christ. This wasn't just Paul's practice. It was the early churches as well. Um, over about a hundred years ago, there was a, a missionary movement. And they were called, this missionary movement had missionaries called one-way missionaries. Now one-way missionaries, they're called that because they packed their belongings in a coffin and they left for the mission field because they knew they might not come back. And one such missionary, as discussed by Mark Batterson in his book, is A.W. Milne. Now, A.W. Milne was a missionary to New Hebrides in the South Pacific. He packed his goods in a coffin, went out, and served for 35 years. And they wrote this on his tombstone in the village when he died. When he came, there was no light. When he left, there was no darkness. That's an amazing testimony. But he went. He left it all. There are people, and I'm glad this isn't me, but there are people who have left and never come back. They're throughout the church history, this is not uncommon to leave. But that's not 
God doesn't call us to go and never come back, but he does call to go. Why did they go? Why did the missionaries in our text go, as we talked about? For the sake of the name. They are proclaiming Christ. That is their central task. For the sake of the name. To make much of Jesus. Paul in Romans 1.5 says that his mission is to, using the same phrase, the name, his mission is to bring about obedience of faith for the sake of the name, of his name, that is Christ, um, uh, among all nations. It, that's the mission, is to proclaim Christ, to make much of his name among all nations. So missionaries go out, they leave, to proclaim Christ. But look at verse 7. You'll see that they had a target audience, as it were. And that audience was Gentiles. Now, normally you think of Gentiles as Jews, or ethnic Jews, and Gentiles are basically not Jews, ethnically. But in this text, the word for Gentile is actually only used four times in the New Testament, and it's unique. It's always sort of used in a negative light, and that's because it's contrasting not the ethnicity of the people that they were going out, but the faith. They were outside the covenant. They were basically non-believers. So these people are leaving home to proclaim Christ among those who don't know Jesus. And so that's the meaning, that they, they went out among those who don't know Christ. And that, that leads me to basically two kinds of missionaries that John Piper um, talks about. you got your Paul missionaries, and you got your Timothy missionaries. And John Piper says that your Paul missionaries go out to those who have no gospel witness and have basically no church in their language or culture. Because Paul in Romans 15 says, I make it my ambition to proclaim the gospel where Christ is not already named. That was his ambition. That's what he wanted to do. But then you have people like Timothy, whom Paul got out of Lystra. He went around to various places Paul had already visited and ended up settling in Ephesus to help that church grow and become uh, stronger and more more. Founded in Christ. So really, that's the way John Piper looks at it. And I think both, though, have the goal of seeing more people come to know Jesus. If that makes sense. Either to strengthen your witness in an area so that people know Christ, that believers are strengthened, and people come to know Christ, or to go where people don't know Christ and see them come to faith. Uganda, where I minister, isn't unreached. It has a gospel witness. If you read the books, they say 80% are Christian. I don't think it's that high if we were to like really get into it, but they, they need um, sort of Timothys. And actually, I was teaching in a class. Uh, I teach at a local seminary as part of what I do. And some pastors, they come and they learn. And I'm teaching on Genesis, and we're talking about the grace of God found even in Genesis. How God doesn't just do, give you what you do according to what you do. And one student raises his hand, and 
He says, Stephen, or Professor, you, he goes, I used to be for the prosperity gospel. I used to be for it until today, until right now. Because he saw the grace of God was, was a free gift and it couldn't be earned. You couldn't have prosperity. And that's, this is a guy who was smart, who's getting trained as a pastor, who's already ministering in Uganda. Sort of seeing the gospel of grace anew. And that's what we pray for in Uganda, is this deepening knowledge of Christ there. And that's part of our mission. But you've got to go to teach. Part of missions is going. It is. It's just going. Some are called to go, to leave home and to go proclaim Christ. That's, that's sort of the essence. And I dare you, this morning, to pray about it. I know a missionary who, um, it wasn't necessarily to go overseas, but there was a thing that the husband wanted to do, but the wife didn't. She didn't even want to pray. She didn't even, she, this is the way she says it. She didn't even have the faith to pray about doing that. So she had to pray to God to give her the heart to want to pray about doing this thing. Does that make sense? So if it were missions, it would be like, I don't even want to pray about going to Africa or Japan or Peru. I want to pray, Lord, Lord, if it's, give me the heart to even pray about going. That's how, this, in her own words, that's how little faith she had. That's where some of us are. Um, but, I, but pray about it. John Piper, uh, and you'll hear his name a few more times, he's very influential on, on, on me. And he says that every year he prays, Lord, if I should leave my church and go serve you overseas, I'll do it. Now, as of yet, he hasn't heard the Lord say, yes, you, you're needed over there, not here. But that's, what, that's his prayer. And so I just encourage you to pray and discern. Is God calling you to go as part of joining him in mission? Going isn't easy. It's not. If you heard the Mullins, he said it. Living in Mexico was not easy. But it's worth it. It's worth it. And actually, it, I'll tell you this though, it's not as bad as you think wherever it is. We actually had an elderly lady, heard we were going to Uganda, and at one point was in tears, was in tears, because she thought we would get eaten by cannibals. That's what she thought would happen. And uh, yeah, it's like, well, no, there's no cannibals in Uganda. Like, where does this come from? But that's, that's her picture of where we were going. Well, what's the picture of wherever it is in the world? You, you just have this picture. And I tell you, it's probably not that bad. Um, but it, that doesn't mean it's easy. It's not. Just ask any, anybody here who's been. There, there are many challenges. But I'll tell you this. You, you may not be called to go, and that, that's great. But if, if you are called, one way to be sure that you won't listen is to value your own comfort and perceive safety over Christ's name. We have to value Christ's name if we're even going to think about going. So going is part of joining God's missions. But how else does our passage teach us that we should join God in His mission? 
Well, look at verse 6. It says we should send. We should send some who go out. Verse 6 says that um, you will do well to send them on their journey in a manner worthy of God. You will do well. That's um, John's way of saying, please, please do this. Please keep doing this thing. And the word for send here, to send them on their journey, this word send is, is very interesting. It's actually translated a company in a few places. Paul in Acts 20 is accompanied by the Ephesian elders to the ship. It says, and they accompanied him to the ship. Romans, or Acts 21, Paul is accompanied by some people outside the city, and then he went on his way. The word for send in our passage and the word accompany are the same. Same word. It's, um, it's this working together on something. Uh, um, helping along the way. Helping them on their journey. And it's actually translated help somewhere else. Because Paul, in Romans 15, in writing to the Romans, he says this, help me on my journey to Spain. Because that's where Paul was going to proclaim the gospel next. He says, help me. Same word, send, as translated here. And, and it became, in the early church, this technical term associated with missions. This sending became something to do. Like, it's a real thing in regards to missions. It's not just, just a word he throws in there. It became this technical term of how a church would send missionaries. This walking alongside and going on the journey. And actually, when Brooke and I first got to Uganda, we lived in the bush. In an, they had a lot of ministries, but the main one was taking care of orphans. But they didn't have just one big house. They had many different areas around the compound where they had families, and they that had land and buildings set up to look like a little small Ugandan village. Very neat. And we were assigned to one of those to sort of just get to know. Well, we went our first time. We go. We have worship with them. It's getting dark. And we're le- we have to leave the village now. And one of the members of the family, his name is Robert Mugabe, not the president of Zimbabwe, but Robert Mugabe. And he... Um, Walks alongside us. And, I, you know, we're talking, but I'm like, you know, we're leaving, right? And like, he's like, yeah, I'm giving you a push. I'm giving you a push. That's a thing. He walked to the end of his road and let us continue on. But he, he gave us a push, sort of. He helped us on our journey as we left his place, as we were going to our own house. But that's the idea here with this word. Is it's this... this Accompanying. It's not just this transaction, but an accompanying on the journey. And so John's letter to Gaius is really a letter commending supporting missionaries. In verse 5, listen to how many times he says it. In verse 5, he says, It's a faithful thing you do. And all your efforts for these brothers, strangers as they are. It's, it's a faithful thing you do in these efforts. In verse um, 6, you will do well to send them on their journey. So keep doing it. And in verse 8, he says, you ought. No, he doesn't say you ought. He says, we ought. 
to support such as these. We ought. John the Apostle himself, he includes himself in this sending activity, in this supporting activity of missionaries. Because missions is the work of the local church. It's John's church who sent out these missionaries whom guys didn't know. But John's church is the one who sent them out. And we know that because they reported back to John. And so we ought to support such as these who go out for the sake of the name. And so how can you do that? And I think the first way, and the way that everyone in here should do, is pray. Is pray. Praying for missionaries is so important. Um, Brooke and I, my wife, we were having dinner in Uganda. We were sitting at our dining room table. We had some teammates visiting. And Brooke, we were just talking about life. And Brooke was telling, you know, she's like, yeah, our marriage is actually doing really well. We're enjoying one another. And it's, it's been the best it's been in a while. And, you know, being the husband that I am, I'm getting a big chest, you know, big head. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. I'm a good husband. No. Well, that's true. I kind of did. But they... Uh, <laughs> But Nancy, who's sitting there, a teammate, wisely said, she goes, you know, that's because of the people back home praying for you. And I knew as soon as she said it. That's true. It's not because we're awesome. It's because God is awesome and has blessed us through prayers of you all and many others. So thank you for that. But, um, but pray. Pray. Get to know the missionaries. Get to know what their needs are and pray about it. It's underutilized. I believe that. How else? I think giving. Finances um, is important. You can see that Gaius has gone out of his way to show hospitality to these missionaries, even though they were strangers. He, He went out of his way to support them. And I think that as churches and as individuals, we should support missionaries, because both in this passage have done that. Now, that's great. And if you're called to give, personally, individually, that's great. But each one of you, as members of Hicks and Prez, are involved in giving financially to missions, to God's mission. Because this church supports missionaries, much like myself, who go out for the sake of the name. And, and you're part of that. Your giving goes towards that. So don't discount that. If you are a member of this church, you do financially support missionaries. That doesn't mean you can't go above and beyond that. But don't discount that. Value it, actually, and say, yes, I support this missionary. We support this missionary. But you can also, in the financial category, you can be advocates for people. I know... Um, you, you can help take some of the burden of finances off. I know that, I don't think I've ever met a missionary, I don't think, I know I've never met a missionary who said, you know, I think I'll be a missionary because I love raising support. That's a pretty good idea, yeah. It, it just, that's not why you do it. But it's something you, at least in my own life, I had to do it. And now I've learned to appreciate it because I see the beauty in it, really. But that doesn't make it easy, though. But 
you can help by advocating. And Brooks' dad is actually one of our biggest cheerleaders. He's always getting people together to listen. He's always asking people to give. And we, he, he'll like, yeah, I got this guy at work who's going to start giving to you monthly. And I'm like, what? I'm like, okay, great, thanks. And that's just who he is. But that's another way. And you can get creative. But there are many ways to give. And I think one that may not be talked about enough is presence. And you can't do this with every missionary the same way. But you can write them. You can email them. You can call them. Heck, today you can Skype them. FaceTime. That's fun, by the way. And um, most places in the world now have internet that can handle that most. But things like that. You can be interested in their work and sit down and listen to them tell stories about what God is doing. That means a lot to a missionary. But And a lot of the burden can be shared just by being with them, by listening to them, by trying to not fix the problem, but just hear the problem, as it were. And who, who should you support, though? I think this is an interesting question, and I think, bottom line, be intentional. Be intentional. Some churches are, are very intentional about, they have a grid. We're only going to support this kind of ministry. Spanish River PCA Church in Florida will only support church planters, whether you're in America or in a foreign country. Period. End of story. If you don't plant churches, don't come knocking. That's what they do. That's fine. That's great. I'm glad they're intentional about that. Um, and other churches are like, no, we're going to give to this area. We're going to give to China. I know of China partnerships. I know of some African partnerships. I know of some Indian partnerships. That's what they do. They focus on an area. And the list of what you can focus on goes on and on. Some like, we're going to support people who come up out of our church. That's our thing. Whom God calls to go, we will send them. But how can you focus your prayer, be intentional with your prayers and your finances and your presence towards missionaries who go out for the sake of the name? But I tell you this, you won't send, you won't, you won't give of your time and money and prayers if you value your own comfort, your own security over Christ's name. Because it is a sacrifice to give. And we should join God in mission by going, and by sending, and that makes us fellow workers. We should be fellow workers. Goers and senders are fellow workers. Verse 8, this is, the, I think, the most beautiful thing about the passage. Verse 8 says, those who support missionaries become fellow workers for truth. Fellow workers for truth. You see, most people think missionaries are the ones who, they go, right? It's, missions is all about them, they do it, it's them, right? No. Because if you're a fellow worker, you work alongside. That word, fellow worker, Paul uses elsewhere in the New Testament to describe many people who he says, this is my fellow worker. This is my fellow worker. Timothy is one of those, is my fellow worker in the gospel. Paul says, listen to this. Paul says, we are fellow workers with God in his ministry. Now that's a high calling. Paul says that he is a fellow worker with God. He calls Timothy 
God's fellow worker in the gospel. Now that is amazing. Now, and this word is used often between Paul and say Timothy, and Timothy's not near him. He's, it's often at great distances that this term is used. We work together on the same thing, often at great distances. And John is acknowledging that here with this. We are fellow workers with those who go out. We're not just, it's not them doing it. It's us. We do it. We are fellow workers. It is a high calling to be a goer. It's a high calling to be a sender. Both are good and equal callings. It's, it's a wonderful thing. The goers are responsible for proclaiming Christ's name. And the senders are responsible for getting them out there to do that. But together, together they do gospel work. One missionary family we know actually signs their letters whenever they write to their supporters, thank you for letting us be your hands and feet. Thank you for letting us be your hands and feet. I think that's amazing. We may start doing that because I I believe that. It's a team effort. It's teamwork. Um, speaking of teamwork, yesterday you may have watched a little college football. I love that sport. It's an amazing sport. And one of the things that I love uh, to do is to read about how plays are designed. How each person has their own responsibility on that play. And then they show videos of how that worked out. And if somebody, it doesn't matter who you are, doesn't do their job, it's, the play's probably not going to go well. Because you know a lot of quarterbacks' names. You've heard of Peyton Manning. How many know his offensive linemen's names? I actually met one in Uganda one time. I don't even remember his name, but it was at the airport. Anyway, it was random, just random fact. Yeah, I was like, you are an NFL lineman, and I had to introduce myself. And he was. So, um, But that's the thing. We think everyone's important on the team. Dan Marino of the Dolphins, my favorite team growing up, used to buy his linemen. He had a whole commercial about it. He would buy them nice gloves because they helped protect him to, to do what he does. And that's the thing. It's a team effort. Everyone is needed. No matter how important you think you are on the team, you need everyone else. You are a, and in the gospel work, mission work, you are a fellow worker. We are fellow workers. And I want to I stress this. There are similarities between goers and senders. And that's that they both sacrifice. They both sacrifice. Because goers sacrifice living in the familiar, living with their family and friends, and all of that that comes with that. But senders sacrifice their time and their energy, their money. We have met some very generous people in our time. And they are, it's, it's an amazing sacrifice that many people make. We actually have one supporter who, realizing the teamwork that goes into it, they, we, they told us, hey, we're getting out of debt. And we're like, oh, man, that's awesome. Get out of debt. And, um, we, yeah, if you want to stop giving, that's great. You know, why you get out of debt? I know it'll go faster. And they're like, no, we're not going to do that. And it was not a small amount. It's not a small amount. Um, they said, no, we're, we're part of the team, and we realize that. And so they, they kept giving. And we're, that's a huge blessing. 
So we need to realize the teamwork, the, f- the fact that we're fellow workers in, ministry, in missions. There's a tendency to make missions a transaction. Tendency to just say, hey, you give, I go, I'll see you next year, right? Or if you're a, send- if you're a sender, you're like, hey, you guys go and I'll just do my own thing here. I don't need to worry about you over there. And, and, and I'll give, but it's out of my mind. It's more than that. It's this working side by side on the same task, often at great distances. It's a team effort. There should be a shared sense of mission. And I think one of the key ways, especially from this passage, that we can share in that mission is reporting back. You see, it, it may have even been a, a requirement of missionaries that went out in the church because John says they came back and reported what had happened. And, and that's, that's a beautiful thing. I think it's, it's the senders saying, we care about what's happening there. We're involved in the work happening there. We want to know what God has done. And it's the goers who say, yes, you are a part, and let me tell you what happened while we were over there. If JD, many of y'all know who is in Uganda, if he comes back and he just says nothing about Uganda, what would you say? You'd be a little mad. Like, come on, what happened? We sent you over there for a reason. And then he comes back with great stories, and we're, we're glad for that. And, um, but we need to listen and hear. One commentator puts it like this, speaking from the uh, sender's mentality. We may not physically go where they go, but when we support them, we go with them anyway. We work together as one for the truth. Some give support, some are sent. Both are essential. Now, just in case you were wondering, you all in this room work in Uganda. You work in Japan and Peru and Mexico and many other places in the world because you give to those who go. You see, some are called to go and some are called to send. All are called to be fellow workers. Let's team up and join God's mission. Now raise your hand. Let's try this again. Let's see if we get the right answer this time. Raise your hand if you serve God in missions. Please, everyone, raise your hand. See, that's right. It's a team thing. We are all in this together. And so, but we won't get excited about missions unless we get excited about the, the one who took a mission trip to die and rise again for our sins. That has to be the center of it all. When we get excited about that, we'll get excited about missions and being team members together to work with God in mission. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank You for this day and this this time to reflect on You and Your love for the world. To get Your... You sent Your Son, and now You send us to join You in mission. Lord, I pray that You would make it clear to any who are to go here that they should go. Give them the strength and the 
courage to go. And Lord, those who are called to be senders here, I pray that You would give them the courage and strength to, to send well. And Lord, I pray that You would help us all here to see that we're fellow workers together in Your gospel mission. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.